Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figure, and events from pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. The date of this recording is Saturday, February the 27th, as we approach the end of the second month of 2021. And coincidentally, on the day of this release, I will myself be beginning my 20th journey around the sun. So the theme of this episode in line with that is going to be gratefulness, as I'm grateful that I'm able to be here for another year. I'm grateful that I can come every single week and talk about some topics that I'm genuinely passionate about and try and share that passion with you and hope that I hit a a chord, hope that I create some sense of relatability and have a home for people who are passionate about different things that revolve around the culture that brings people together. I hope that everyone can find a place to relate somewhere in the words that I share every week. And for that, I'm always grateful for you taking out time to listen to my thoughts. But that's enough on that. We could jump right into today's episode with the sports section where it's about time for me to do my rounds and say my final I told you so for Joel Embiid. The man who I predicted to be the dark horse in the MVP race, the man who I thought a lot of people were counting out, is continuing to solidify his campaign as the MVP of the National Basketball Association. Now, we're about halfway into the season. We're approaching the All-Star break. And I think it's more than fair to say that if all things hold... He has a strong position as the MVP of the league, but not only is that an impressive feat, he will be the first big man since Shaquille O'Neal, the first center, to win an MVP. And that deserves massive praise as I'm going to take this moment to go so far as to say not only will Joel Embiid win the MVP of the league this year. I believe that he is on track to being the best center to play in the NBA since Shaquille O'Neal himself. And that puts him on track to being one of the greatest centers the league has ever seen. So I'm stamping my mark here, and I'm saying it, Joel Embiid is the modern-day Shaquille O'Neal. He has the footwork of an average guard in the league, the strength to dominate most of the centers today that are just agile rebounders at best. He's gone toe-to-toe with any center that you could possibly name and proven how dominant he can be in the paint. But if that's not enough for you, let him step out to the three-point line where he's shooting a very efficient percentage, enough so that all of these centers have to step out on his three-point shot. And once you step out on Joel Embiid's three, it's game over because he can drive to the basket and simply overpower you 
or cross you up for what has now been added to his toolkit with a step-back jumper that's been money all season long. So I'm going to continue to enjoy watching my MVP pick dominate throughout the rest of the regular season, and all I can hope is that he could stay healthy to see through the end of his MVP campaign. But outside of his dominance in the East, there's another storyline that has been getting more and more attention, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. And that's the Boston Celtics, who just last season, they were on the verge of making the NBA Finals. And there were people legitimately saying that if the Celtics made it to the Finals, they had a chance of winning it all. So it's real perplexing to see that simply after Gordon Hayward left the team, all that's left is a fringe playoff team at best. Now, it's fair to recognize the fact that Jason Tatum underwent some COVID circumstances. And overall, there's been some inconsistency with the team being at full strength. But that aside, when they've had full strength, there hasn't been much to write home about. As Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, phenomenal players, they aren't the playmakers that you need to make it in the end. Now, Marcus Smart has been missing, but Marcus Smart shouldn't be the difference between a championship contender and a ninth seed, 10th seed team. So now we're watching what appears to be the demise of a team that once had the most young prospects in the league. At least the most young prospects that look like they could all, at some point, be all-star level players. Now they're left with Kemba Walker, who seems to be at times a shell of his former self. Jason Tatum, who seems to be the best tough shot taker and maker in the NBA at times, but when he's not making those tough shots, he's an inefficient shot chucker at best. And then you have Jalen Brown, who I believe appears to be the most balanced of the bunch, because when his shot is not falling, he's still contributing with strong defensive presence, and at times he's been a decent playmaker on the court. But the Boston Celtics have to get it together. I don't know what Brad Stevens, their coach, is intending for them to look like. But it's far from a championship contender, especially when you consider the Nets and the Sixers are in the same conference as them. Because right now, it looks like a matchup between those two teams. They might get 4-0 swept right out the building. But on the other side of things, a team that looked like they were in a similar situation, the Golden State Warriors have seemed to pull every single string together. Draymond Green has just come off of a 19-assist game. Stephen Curry continues to be a perennial 30-point threat every single night. Kelly Oubre, who started off the season as by far the worst three-point shooter in the league is now hitting them at will and adding some dunks in there for some extra spice in it. It also helps that Andrew Wiggins, a former number one pick in the draft who many people wrote off, 
is having the best season of his career, not only from the offensive end, where he's shooting with decent efficiency, showing off his three-point ability, as well as mid-range ability. He somehow turned into a decent defender. So now the Warriors are running with the veterans in Curry and Draymond and a lot of young players, and they seem like they, at bare minimum, could reach the playoffs. And when you put Steph Curry in a playoff situation... Yes, we know he has a history of fading away, but the way he's playing this season, dare I say, Steph Curry playing at his absolute best? That's a team that's ripe to upset someone who doesn't watch out. So it's great to see that team getting back on their footing. I hope that the Dallas Mavericks, who've had their own set of issues, can find the same level of success as this week, Luka had a game where he hit two absolute daggers to win a game. But it seems like even with that, the Dallas Mavericks have their own set of issues with inconsistencies. Kristaps Porzingis doesn't seem to be the star that they traded for him to be. But just like the Celtics, the Dallas Mavericks appear to be a team that's underperforming in the league today. And the only other major news was the All-Stars being announced. I won't run through the entire roster, but most of the familiar faces are in there. Bradley Beal, who was not even an All-Star last year, is now starting. Kevin Durant was voted to be the starter and captain of his team, but because of injury, he was replaced by Jason Tatum. And there was somewhat of some hoopla, some uproar. When Devin Booker didn't make the All-Star team, especially considering that his teammate Chris Paul did. But because of injury in Anthony Davis, Devin Booker has earned his spot and earned his what I believe to be a million dollar bonus to be a part of the All-Star team. So we'll see how that event turns out when All-Star weekend comes around. And that concludes the NBA section. And with some other quick bites, Tiger Woods, unfortunately, earlier this week was announced to have been in a single-person car crash. Tiger Woods, for those of you who don't know, the former phenomenal golfer, a man who many believe to be he was the greatest golfer of all time at his peak, he was blowing his opponents out of the water He just exhibited an amount of dominance that is rare in the sport of golf and sports in general. But due to some injuries, some conflicts in his home, he struggled to come back from some major blows in his career, but many people still give him the respect for being such a phenomenal athlete. But unfortunately, with this car crash, he suffered some serious leg injuries the likes of which I think it will be very difficult for him to come back from. They had to remove him with a tool called Jaws of Life, which just by that name alone, you can already assume it was a pretty bad situation to be in. So I'm hoping that he does come out at the bare minimum healthy, able to walk, because for some amount of time that was on the table. And I can't give too much of a take on that situation. I'm just going to have to be on standby to see what the results of that will be. 
and if he'll be able to ever step back on the golf course and still be the late, great Tiger Woods. But with that, we can transition to the music section, where there was a major release announced in the next couple of weeks. And that is the pop star who, for all intents and purposes, he's been in hiding over the past couple of years. He hasn't had any major releases. He's had a couple of singles come out. But in the general public, it doesn't seem like too many people have been checking for him. And that is Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, who is a phenomenal performer, songwriter, song maker, dancer, whatever label you want to put on him, Bruno Mars has proven to be a very diverse performer in the world of music. And his resume speaks for himself. He has plenty of hits, big albums, performed at the Super Bowl. Any metric you want to use, he's got it. But there's been a lot of hype bubbling up because just a couple days ago, Bruno Mars announced that he will be releasing a collaboration album with Anderson Pock. And it's called Silk Sonic. That name just sounds like excellence, like luxury. And that's typically what the theme of Bruno Mars' albums are about. And let's not just brush over the fact that Anderson Pac is a phenomenal artist in his own right. A man who's known for playing the instruments for most of his songs. He's multi-talented, a very musical guy. And his albums have been great on his own. He's been an artist who's proven that he could stand the test of time, the time that has passed so far. And for two musical guys to come together on an album that's going to be just rhythmic excellence, at least that's what I'm anticipating, this is a project that I will for sure, for sure be keeping my eye out on. They even have a special guest, Bootsy Collins, who if you're unfamiliar with his funky work, that's worth checking out. But in other news, there was... A man who came back home and two men who took their departure. So I'll start with the news of the week in terms of the release of Bobby Shmurda. A man who had a couple hit songs, particularly in the state of New York. He had a a lot going for him. A big audience behind him. He had the records that were hits. Seemed to be approaching the time to release an album and capitalize on all the momentum that was following his career. And he's hit with some legal issues. Some charges were made between him and a partner of his. And in what was seen by many as a noble act, he decided not to tell what happened because he chose the life that he would face the consequences for. Now, I'm not here to glamorize or glorify the situation that he was in. I'm just here to ask the natural question, which is, with all of this momentum, what is next for the man who was just released from prison? Now, if I was in that position, all of my focus would be not just on creating a great album, 
capitalizing from the perspective of putting out good music. But I personally would be trying to use my power to prevent other people from entering the same situation. Could Bobby Schmurter use his influence to now say, look at what I went through? Don't go through what I went through. That's that's the most basic way I could put it. He's clearly gone through an event that I think is fair for you and me to say most people wouldn't want to be a participant in. Use that power to help out. You got touch both in the mainstream and apparently with the people from his neighborhood. Use that power, man. That's, that's my message out to Bobby Schmurter. Either way, I'm going to be checking out the music just as a fan of music in general. But I would love to see someone who went through that experience, took away the lessons as we do here on Behold Pop Culture, and gave it back to the youth. But with his release, we unfortunately had to give up two legends, certified legends, in the world of global music and daft punk. The electronic music goats. They're goats. Whether you believe they're the greatest artists in electronic music or one of, you can't deny their greatness. They have phenomenal albums. They have soundtracks, which a lot of people underestimate how big it is for you to have a soundtrack for a movie. They have an entire soundtrack that they did for Tron Legacy, which was a match made in heaven, quite frankly. Daft Punk announced in a dramatic video that they will be leaving the music industry in their retirement. And all that's left for me to say with regards to that situation is thank you, Daft Punk, for being such great artists. Thank you for being influential. A lot of people don't stop and think about the fact that their intersection with Kanye West, who is a legendary artist in his own right, a very influential artist in his own right, their collaboration with Kanye West was something that changed music all the way till today. By which now hip-hop being on top, the simple crossover with Kanye and Daft Punk on the song Stronger one of Kanye's most popular songs in his entire catalog was a bridging of the gap, a blurring of the lines, but a moment for people, especially in the genre of hip-hop, but all around the world, to be able to participate in joining two musics that you could have a passion for and creating a new sound. So Daft Punk, thank you for what you gave to the industry, and I'm giving them their flowers while they're still here to smell them. And we can proceed to what has been my highly anticipated segment over the last two weeks, and it is none other than the new episode of WandaVision, where I have plenty of takes to talk about here. First of all, let's just talk about what happened in this episode. It was a deep dive into Wanda's whole history from her childhood to now. The trauma that she went through as Agatha is trying to figure out where in the whole wide world did she find the power 
to create a whole village, a whole group of people that are brainwashed. And I had the same exact questions because when they were going up against Thanos, this this level of power would have been very helpful to the situation. But what we learned from this is that sitcoms played a major role in her life as at every key moment that she had, there was a sitcom right there with her. We learned that she actually didn't even know how powerful she really was. A lot of the things that happened in her life seemed to be luck to her. And the moments that actually did unveil, reveal her true power were the tragic deaths from her parents to her brother to the man that this whole show is revolving around, Vision himself. But now in this episode, we learn that this Vision is not Vision at all. He's fake. He was completely concocted in the mind of Wanda, and the real Vision's body was still stowed away. But in the post credit scene, man, Marvel is just a master of the post credit scene, we learned that the real Vision has now been powered up by the people at S.W.O.R.D. And they have what appears to be a white Vision, their own super weapon. And with the take that I have to say here, it seems like we're leading to a massive finale with fake Vision versus white Vision. And we have to come up, as a, as a community, as a fan, we have to come up with a better name for this artificial vision. I thought of calling him West Vision. We could call him Sitcom Vision, Office Vision. That actually has a nice ring to it. But the key point here, the key take is, I, I, I can't say I was wrong or right. It seemed clear to me that the Vision couldn't be real because they didn't reacquire the Mind Stone. But I think generally most people watching just could not have predicted what's going on. We saw that Wanda coming into contact with the Infinity Stones enhanced her abilities. We saw that Agatha is actually a super witch from all the way back in the 1600s and generally wanted to know what was going on. And the big conclusion was something that a lot of Marvel people kind of already knew, but maybe didn't understand the magnitude of it within this realm. And that is that Wanda is none other than the Scarlet Witch, who we have every reason to believe in the lore has to be one of, if not the most powerful witch. So now we just have to wait. I'm telling you, my prediction is that the Visions are going to have a vision off. And we're going to see if Wanda has the power to create a vision that can go toe-to-toe with the real one. And it would be tragic if this all concludes with that vision giving up his life to save the universe. Wanda is in quite the predicament here as she now has to save her children from Agatha and doesn't even know about the impending doom that's approaching her with the weapon White Vision. We still don't know what's going on with Monica or what Quicksilver is or isn't. Is he a multiverse person? 
There's a lot to be revealed here, and all I can do is further build up some hype for what's coming down the pipeline for the next episode of WandaVision. But lastly, the gaming section of Behold Pop Culture, where the talk of the town, the beat of the week, is Nintendo's Pokemon event where they revealed... That they will be remixing and remastering the famous, one of the original Pokemon games in Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. One of their highest selling games of all time. They will be now coming out with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl. And they just absolutely know how to capitalize on the nostalgia as everyone who played Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, no matter what age you are, there's a little bit, a little piece of you that's just saying, I gotta play it. I gotta see what is going on here. If the remake is better, the sprites, the way they look is a little awkward. They look more bobbleheaded than the originals, but If the graphics are taking such a statistical, logistical jump, for any Pokemon fan, it's worth taking a look. And in addition to that, they did announce that their next Pokemon game that will be released is Pokemon Arceus. Arceus being a legendary Pokemon that has been around for a long time. uh, A Pokemon from the Sinnoh region, but... The talk around this trailer that was unveiled was the fact that it's a completely open world game. Or at least that's what they want us to believe. And this new game has plenty to be excited for as the interactions with the Pokemon look completely different. It seems like you could just run around throwing Pokeballs at people. I'm not sure what the fighting mechanics are going to look like. If you even go into the actual Pokemon cutscene battles. Or if your Pokemon are just randomly going to be pulling up on each other. There's still plenty to be unveiled there. But people drew a lot of Breath of the Wild comparisons. The Legend of Zelda game. And it's Nintendo. They, They are known for sharing amongst their many iconic figures. They've been here for a long time. And there's a reason why. They keep taking their iconic figures and putting them all together in Super Smash Bros. And just having the most... Nostalgia-driven game you could ask for. So now they've gone on to announce the next wave of Pokemon that has its own passionate fan base that consistently comes back and holds value in their entire brand. And for any Pokemon fans out there, there's a lot to look forward to. We have crossed over into what is the 25th year of Pokemon And they are seemingly at the beginning of what could have come of this. That's why a lot of people are saying to hold Pokemon cards and all these different things that are going crazy. Because there's another generation that's catching the back end of this. And if they catch on, the value only goes up from here. But hey, that's just my opinion. And we could conclude with that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking out your time to check out this episode of my podcast. Please, as always, 
We're all about improvement over here. Let me know what you think. Let me know how I can make this better. And me making it better is really about you. How can I make this audio journey, audio experience a better adventure, a better use of your time? How can I provide more value for you? So as I begin my 20th journey around the sun, I appreciate everyone who's been a part of it, who's been with me throughout it. And Behold Pop Culture isn't going anywhere. I'm taking it with me. Behold Pop Culture is going to be going its own trip around the sun. So thank you for taking your time out. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.